This morning we begin a, a series that focuses on the Lord's Prayer, and so our reading is from Luke chapter 11. Hear the word of God. He was praying in a certain place, and after he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John taught his disciples. And he said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread and forgive us our sins, for we ourselves forgive everyone indebted to us. And do not bring us to the time of trial. This is the word of the Lord. We're not told which disciple it was of the 12 that came to Jesus, but it's more than likely possible that he was there when Jesus was at Nazareth and Jesus spoke from Isaiah 61, Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor, release to the captive, to announce sight to the blind, to announce the year of the Lord's Jubilee. It's entirely possible that this disciple was there when Jesus called Peter and his brother and others to follow him, and Peter fells to his knees on the beach by um, the Sea of Galilee. It's entirely possible that, that this disciple was there when the paralyzed man was let down through the roof. You remember the, his friends tore apart the ceiling and let, let down their friend in the middle of the meeting that Jesus was having. It's entirely possible that, that this man was there when Jesus took loaves and fish and broke them and they became enough food to, to fill thousands of people, not to mention the women and children. It's entirely possible that this disciple had watched Jesus go out day after day after day in the early morning hours and he came back, and he wanted that connection with God that apparently Jesus had. And so he says to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John taught his disciples. According to Luke, John had followers, and John's followers were known to be about fasting and prayer. And so remembering that experience... Jesus' disciples said, teach us to pray. John taught his disciples, so you teach us. And so, let us give this morning the beginning of some serious attention to the Lord's Prayer, what we've come to know as the Lord's Prayer. I think it's fair to say that the abundant life in Christ is many things, but it's especially a life an abundant life with God through prayer. Not prayer just for our families and for our friends, but prayer for a world that is in need. Jesus prays for the world to experience the love and power of God. And so we begin with the, the word, the virtue reverence. Now, if you're like me, you may have thought that the the idea of reverence is something we do when we come into a worship center like this. Maybe you're late and the worship service has already started and so you come to the back of the room and, 
out of respect, out of quiet respect for what is going on, you are, as we say, reverent. The person who is attending a, a, a funeral graveside service is quiet and respectful and listening to the, the, uh, the minister who preaches and who speaks and leads the service and your demeanor is quiet and attentive. We understand that to be reverence. Even the Boy Scouts recognize that one of the qualities to be a whole and complete human being is reverence. A scout is brave, clean, loyal, and reverent. But I must admit that I have come to a, a, a new understanding of what reverence is according to what this petition is in this Lord's Prayer. Jesus says, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. First of all, Jesus says to pray about God's name. God's name. And he, he asked this follower to call God Father. He does not use the word that suggests distance, the, the dignified creator. The rabbis would have used the name of God with great respect. And God was transcendent. God was majest God was masterful. God was magnificent. God was all-powerful. And sometimes you and I feel that God is beyond us. And the rabbis would have reflected that majesty, that magnificence, that transcendence. But Jesus uses an Aramaic word that's papa or dad, as we say in our families. The rabbis would never speak so informally to God, but Jesus does. He teaches you and me, he teaches his followers to be informal with the God of the cosmos. And since, since God loves this world, it, it makes sense that Jesus tells us to act as if God loves this world. So we call God Abba Father. We call God Dad. And Jesus says to pray about God's name. God's name reflects God's being and character and history. God's, God's name has a story behind it. God's name is about creation. God's name is about fall. God's name is about rescue. Three words. God creates us. God watches us stumble or fall. And God rescues us. God restores us. God renews us. And this story is told repeatedly through the scriptures in the Old and New Testament. It is the story of God delivering Israel out of slavery in Egypt. And it's referred to constantly in the, in the scriptures, particularly the Psalms. Psalm 107 has come to be one of my favorite Psalms. It says it another way. Some wandered in desert wastes, finding no way to an inhabited town. Hungry and thirsty, their souls fainted within them. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. And he led them by a straight way until they until they reached an inhabitant town. Now, Psalm 107 tells this same account four different ways, with four different problems. And always it turns on the phrase, when they cried to the Lord in their trouble. The story is the same. Creation, fall, and rescue. And when we pray about God's name, 
we are remembering God's creation and humanity's fall and God's rescue. The truth is for all of us, maybe it's very much the same. The, the truth is in my life, my life has turned on this phrase and perhaps yours has too. Then the Lord, then we turned to the Lord in our trouble and God delivered us from our distress. And so when we pray, Father, hallowed be your name, we're praying that the world would know this story. We're praying that the world would understand that God is about not only creating us, but when we stumble and fall, God is about delivering us and rescuing us. This morning, we're including a portion of the, the brief statement of faith adopted in 1989, what we call um, an affirmation of faith. Now, if you have a bulletin, you might take a look at it right now. We're going to be using that affirmation later in the service. There it is, creation, fall, and rescue. There's creation. In sovereign love, God created the world good and makes everyone equally in God's image, male and female, of every race and people. There's stumbling, there's fall, but we rebel against God, we hide from our Creator, ignoring God's commandments. And then there's rescue, yet God acts with justice and mercy to redeem creation. One of the benefits of having an affirmation of faith is that on a Sunday morning like this one, we remember the name of God and we remember the story of God and the way God deals with all of us, creation and fall and restoration, creation and fall and rescue, creation and fall and deliverance. The Lord's Prayer begins with a petition about God's name, and we're praying that the world will know this this God and God's character through the story that God is with us all. But secondly, Jesus says to pray that God's name is hallowed. And this means to pray that God's name is honored. This means to pray that God's name is taken seriously. To pray God's name be taken seriously is to ask that God's name get inside our heads and hearts. True reverence is, is not about standing up for a song or remaining quiet during a sermon. I always thought that true reverence was about being still and quiet. And this study has made me begin to see something else. I've come to believe that reverence is to pay attention. True reverence is to listen to God knowing that God knows who I am and what my needs are, and God has a personal word for me. Go back to the place in your life where you began to take God seriously. If you began to take God seriously at all, it's because you believe that there is an infinite personal God who's speaking a particular word to you that can make a difference in your life. That's the story of the scriptures. Moses was out tending sheep, he had run away from having killed a man. He'd run away and he'd begun a new life and one day he's out there in the wilderness and he sees a bush burning and he goes towards the bush. He realizes he's on holy ground and God calls to him. God has a word for Moses. God has something for Moses to go and do. And we have the story of the Exodus. God had something for Elijah to do. Elijah 
did amazing things. And when he finished his incredible work on Mount Carmel, he ran. He ran away from Ahab and Jezebel, and he ran, and he was exhausted. And he ended up in a cave, and there was a wind, and there was fire, and there was a storm, but God was in none of those. He realized God was in the still, small voice. What do you want me to do now, God? God had a special word for Elijah. Mary and Martha were two sisters who, who knew Jesus and knew Jesus' disciples were coming to their house. And Martha was all about beautifying the house and putting out flowers and making sure that the food was on the table and everything was swept. But Mary believed Jesus had a particular word for her. And so she left her busy sister to go sit down at Jesus' feet when he arrived. And she fixed her attention on everything that Jesus was saying. True reverence is about believing that God has a word for us. That God, the Lord of the universe, is here in the spirit of Jesus Christ and has a word for you and me this day. I have in my uh, possession a, a Sunday school poster that I've put out in the atrium this morning. It is a, a poster of King David listening to Nathan the prophet. Nathan tells King David the story of two men. One is rich and one is poor. And the poor man raises a small lamb. And the small lamb is not only a pet, it's like he becomes a member of his household. And one day the rich man has a friend, a traveler comes by and wants a meal. And the rich man goes to the poor man's house and takes the lamb because he doesn't have any apparently. And he has the lamb slaughtered and prepared for a meal. And David is upset at this story. He said the rich man should be condemned to die and the poor man should be given fourfold for what happened to him. And Nathan points his finger at David and says, you are the man. We know what he's talking about if you know David's story. David has seen a beautiful woman, Bathsheba, and he's taken her as a wife. And he took Bathsheba's husband, Uriah, and put him out in front of all the armies so that Uriah was killed. And then he takes Bathsheba as a wife. He's committed adultery. He's committed murder. And Nathan is pointing his finger at David, saying, David, you're the man. Before you leave today, take a look at that. If you can imagine a, a children's Sunday school poster of this story. <laughs> but um, we see on David's face an expression of reverence. And the expression is not one of just respectful silence. David is hearing God speak to him. And he's listening to what Nathan the prophet is saying. When we pray, Father, hallowed be thy name. Hallowed be your name, God. Abba, Father. We are hearing the story of creation and fall and rescue. But we're also taking it to heart and realizing that we're somewhere in that mix. Something is happening to us and God has a personal word for us. And we're listening. That's what it means to be truly reverent.
When did you ever consider that God was speaking to you? When did you ever realize that God revealed in Jesus Christ is getting personal with you? When you and I begin with this petition in the Lord's Prayer, we're, we're praying that God's name would be honored in the world, that God's name would be honored in our nation, that God's name would be honored in our church, that God's name would be honored in our neighborhoods and in our families and in our own lives. Father, hallowed be your name. Abba, Father, may your name be honored. Abba, Father, may your name be taken seriously. And so this morning as we pray the Lord's Prayer, we begin with this petition. We, we pray that, that people everywhere, including us, would, would come to revere the very being and person and name of God. We pray that people would pay attention to the story of God. And when we join together in the Lord's Prayer, you know we use a longer version we just did as we prayed. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. What we have in the Gospel of Luke, some believe, is maybe the very words Jesus said and the church has changed it a bit. But we're praying for a world to discover God. We're praying for people in distress to discover God. We're praying for people in distress to, to realize that there is a God who cares about them. We're praying for a nation gone wrong to discover God. We, for something to be hallowed is for something that is common to be set apart for sacred use. And you and I know how often God's name is abused. It's used for cursing, for blessing, for shock and surprise. Oh God, what do I have to do now? But wonder if we could turn that into, oh God, I'm here. Fill me with your spirit and let me do what you want me to do on your behalf this day. We're asking today that God's name be recognized for what it truly is, the source of all abundant life and purity and goodness and truth and love. We're praying for a world to be transformed. That's the meaning of reverence. As we pray this first petition in the Lord's Prayer, let us pray.